We live life each day knowing that we have to abide by the law. Sometimes, as hard as we try, disruption of our lives occur, and suddenly the law that we thought was so powerful couldn't even protect a loved one. We can cry and mourn over them, or we can make the change in hopes that'll never happen again. Here are their stories. Kitty Genovese March 13, 1964, at around 2.30 a.m., Kitty left a bar that she was working at. She began driving home in her car. While waiting for the traffic light to change, Winston Mosley spotted her and followed her home. Kitty arrived home at 3.15 a.m. and parked her car in a parking lot about 100 feet away from her front door. As she walked towards her apartment, Winston attacked her, stabbing her twice in the back and brutally raping her. Multiple witnesses heard and saw the heinous crime, but neglected to help. The problem was that, when the murder was happening, the concerned citizens had to dial O for operator or the local station number. Then afterwards, that call would be relayed to a communications borough and then passed on to the correct precinct. Only at that point could a police officer be dispatched to the scene of the homicide. This time-consuming process obviously caused delay in the response time, so they began to brainstorm on a better process that can prove to be beneficial in aiding the public from crimes committed against them. Just a few years later, in 1967, the President's Commission on Law Enforcement and Administration of Justice recommended the development of an emergency reporting system that would utilize one single universal number that can be used nationwide. On February 16, 1968, the first 911 call was made in Alabama and by 1987, we celebrated because finally, majority of the American population had access to the emergency number. Today, because of the development of 911, we have the benefit to reach help as easy as a call. Adam Walsh On the 27th of July, 1981, that afternoon, Adam's mother, Reeve, took him shopping with her to the Sears store in Hollywood, Florida. They entered the north entrance and Reeve went to talk to a Sears associate about a lamp which was on sale. But during this time, she left Adam at a kiosk which displayed Atari 2600 video games where several other young boys were taking turns to play. Reeve completed her transaction at 12.15pm and returned to find that the other boys as well as Adam had already disappeared. A manager informed her that a fight broke out over whose turn it was next, so a security guard demanded that they left the store. Reeve had Sears page for her son in the public address system, but with no luck. She continued to look for 90 minutes before calling the police at 1.55pm. 16 days later, they found his remains with his head decapitated in a drainage canal. Adam's father, John Walsh, soon became an advocate for victims of violent crimes and eventually became the host of the television program America's Most Wanted. He also helped develop the Code Adam program, named after his son. The program helped ensure that children are recovered safely and quickly if they are ever lost in stores by having employees announce Code Adam warnings along with the child's description over their intercom system. It was first implemented by Walmart in the 1990s and today, hundreds of retail chains participate in the Code Adam program. In 2003, the Code Adam Act was implemented, which required that all federal facilities participate. Years later, serial killer Otis Toole confessed to his murder, but there was no evidence. However, investigators announced that they were satisfied with Toole's confession. Amber Hagerman 
On the 13th of January, 1996, nine-year-old Amber Renee Hagerman was abducted in Texas Arlington while riding her bike. A neighbor nearby witnessed the abduction and called the police. Amber's brother went on to let his mother and grandparents know what had happened. They searched hopelessly and even reached out to parents whose daughter has been abducted too for assistance. The parents then called the news media and the FBI but to no avail. Just four days after being abducted, her body was found face down in a creek with wounds to her neck. The Amber Alert is a system that provides repeated broadcasts through TV, radio, highway signs, and text messages about child abductions and perpetrator details in an effort to gain tips from the mass public and to locate the missing children. The name of this system that is being used nationally is to pay homage to Amber Hagerman and is also a backronym for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. It has been so successful that other countries such as Australia, Europe, Canada, Malaysia, and Mexico have adopted the same system and implemented it throughout the entire country. It also inspired Silver Alert, which is to locate missing seniors with dementia, as well as Blue Alert, which is an alert system to help assist assaults on police officers. Even though Amber's killer has never been found, the system that honors her have saved over 868 children to this date. Stephen Lawrence Stephen has always showed promise in academics. He excelled in math and arts, specifically, hoping to become an architect someday. Then, on the 22nd of April, 1993, Stephen, who was 18 at the time, and his friend Dwayne Brooks went to Stephen's uncle's home in East London to play video games together. They made their way home before 10pm, but as they waited for a bus to pick them up, a gang of five men shouted slurs before attacking both of them brutally. Stephen's friend Dwayne was able to escape, but Stephen was left severely beaten and stabbed twice in his upper torso. He was rushed to the hospital, but was pronounced dead before midnight. In the next weeks, five suspects were arrested but all denied the murder. Initially, the charges against them were dropped, but the family launched a private prosecution against them. The men were acquitted again due to insufficient evidence. Due to this, British law prevented the men from facing trial due to the rule of double jeopardy, but his family continued to campaign. In April 2005, their hard work paid off. After review, the double jeopardy law was removed. Only a year later in June 2006, New techniques were available to examine Stephen's clothing and those of the killers. His case was reopened. Stephen's blood was found on one man and his hair strands on another man's jeans. With no longer being protected by double jeopardy, the two men were found guilty of the murder. The judge sent them both to life in prison, but because they were juveniles at the time, one is set to serve at 15 years and 2 months, the other man was given 14 years and 3 months. After 18 years of fighting, Stephen's family found justice and prompted the British law to change. Since then, this law has helped solve several cold cases. Polly Class on the 1st of October 1993, Polly and two friends were having a slumber party. Later that night, Richard Allen Davis entered their bedroom armed with a knife. He tied both of her friends up, covered their heads with pillowcases, and told them to count to a thousand. As they were counting, he kidnapped Polly as she was sobbing. Within the next two months, 4,000 people searched for Polly, and the media, including shows like 2020 and America's Most Wanted, covered the case to garner tips. In Santa Rosa, only 20 miles north from their home, a babysitter on her way home from babysitting saw a suspicious vehicle in a ditch right off of her employer's private driveway. She immediately called the owner who decided to leave the home with her daughter for safety. 
As the owner drove down the long driveway, she passed the suspect. She called 911, and the deputies, who was unaware of the case, towed his car out of the ditch, but did not do anything else. On November 28, 1993, the owner was inspecting her property after loggers cleared the property of trees when she found items that matched those in the kidnapping. One item was a torn pair of ballet leggings, which was matched to the other part that was taken the night of the kidnapping. Richard was interrogated and he eventually confessed to the kidnapping and murdering of Polly. He led the authorities to her body. Currently, he is on death row and in solitary confinement. Due to this highly publicized murder, the sheriff's radio system had been upgraded and the APBs are now broadcasted on all channels through a centralized 911 dispatch system. Polly's murder also resulted in California's three strikes law after they found that Richard had numerous offenses on his record. everyone thank you so much for watching we truly appreciate it please like comment and subscribe and if you haven't yet please visit our patreon page thank you so much